is a presentation of the Match Talk Podcast Network. It's time for the ODU Wrestling Monarch Matcast, a show dedicated to all things related to the Old Dominion Wrestling Program. On the web at monarchmatcast.com. Now, here's your host, three-time National Wrestling Writer and Broadcaster of the Year, and 2004 ODU alumnus, Jason Bryant. Episode 70 of the Old Dominion Wrestling Monarch Matcast. Jason Bryant here with you today, visiting with Associate Head Coach Daryl Thomas, fresh off the Monarchs' fifth-place finish at the 40th Annual Virginia Duels. Monarchs finished up the stretch at the Southeast Duels in Fort Lauderdale and the Virginia Duels and stand at a deceptive 3-7 and seven record. Coach Thomas, we were talking just before we got going, the 3-7 and is not the record we expected at this point in the year, and a couple things, that, and, and then that record could be completely switched the other way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think uh five of our five of our seven are the, you know, top twenty teams and then the other two were to a uh South Dakota State team that's now on fire. And I'm I'm assuming they're gonna get ranked here pretty soon after beating Northern Iowa. Um, you know, and the other the other the other ones very easily could have won. So um pretty deceptive, but I think uh we're working on I think Steve said it in uh, his interview after the Virginia Duels is we're just trying to work on getting all 10 guys firing at the same time. We've had individuals here and there who are on fire and, you know, just trying to get them all on the same page at the same time is, is where we're at right now. And if we get that done, we know exactly what we're capable of. Last year, there were a lot of injuries that hit, hit the team at periodic times. and They all just kind of came to a head. I was talking to coach Martin after the team finished up in Hampton and he said he came out injury free. And last year that was not the case coming off you know, like the Midlands and then the, the Virginia duels, you know, four dual meets against, you know, three of them have, I've seen time in the rankings. And then you've got, you know, Virginia, Penn, Fresno State came out and wrestled well, you know, Maryland from the Big Ten. So, you know, you've got eight duels in the last couple of weeks and you came at injury free. That's that that is a win in some respect, of course. That's a, that's a huge win. And I think uh, a lot of that is credited to having a little bit of an older team and understand their bodies and how to how to prepare and how to get ready treatment wise beforehand and, and treatment wise after and, and understanding that you're going to feel some, some pain here and there, but how to wrestle through it and just having that experience. Um, so yeah, being injury free is huge. And more than anything, I think we got hardened a lot uh, over the last eight dual meets in, you know, like two and a half weeks. So uh, we're definitely battle tested and there's nothing down the stretch that we're not ready for or haven't seen and, and are going to shy away from. So uh, I'm excited about that to see how we come out and compete. Um, with our Mackey schedule and then a couple of the other teams that we have on there with Virginia Tech and Drexel um, and Navy on the back end of our schedule. And just recapping the South Beach duels, this is a format, two duels on one day go to the beach, two duels on the other go to the beach. The first time ODU has been to this event and, you know, Drew Missouri, which was a conference duel, which you actually, you kind of benefit, you're both going down there, might as well meet up. Minnesota from the Big Ten, I don't think ODU has actually wrestled Minnesota in, in my memory at any point. And of course, the scene Wyoming and South Dakota State at period at periods in the last decade, but you know what what was what was the mindset of the team coming in? You've got you know Missouri, which is a traditional power, not as ranked highly as they were in the past years, and then a Big Ten school like Minnesota that's that's got a lot of tradition, 
They got their man Gable Steveson back too, so they're 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 wrestling well. They just beat Wisconsin the other day, so uh, you know, is, is there still this 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 question about belief in the room, or is it uh, they just got you know, just got beat by a better team those days? Uh, I, I think going in, um, we felt like it was an opportunity for us to rise to the occasion and, and really accept the expectations that we had uh, coming into the season, having an older team, having some proven guys, and then you know, I think. As you get into it, like you said, Minnesota got their, their heavyweight back. They're wrestling a lot better. And they're a top, probably a top five to ten team now. Um, and in Missouri, we win the first three weight classes and uh, really thought we were, you know, right, right on our way to winning that duel, just like we we expected going in and um, just kind of got controlled down the stretch um, and on the back end of the weight classes. So um, I think it's just a case of uh, you hit two really good teams on the same day and, and – in four hours and uh that, that's tough to deal with but like i said we got hardened we got toughened up from it and then wyoming uh is a match that come, you know comes down to comes down to pretty much heavyweight or 97 and then goes into heavyweight and we we still had a chance to win i believe and they're in the top 15 um they're a very good program and then south dakota state like i said they, they go on a run right after, right after uh uh beating us and um, they're a pretty good team too. So I think it's a case of just kind of timing and, and hitting some really good teams at, at uh, all at the same time. You know, it's not going to get any different. Like you said, this weekend we have Lockhaven and Ryder here at home and um, some big Mac East implications on the line. When we look at the schedule building, is this something you guys look at and, and you're going to second guess yourselves or is this, the, was this a good experience for this particular team to go through that grind of eight duels in two weeks? Um, I, I don't, I don't think it was intended for, for us for it to be as tough as it is. It just kind of worked out that way, not knowing who we're going to draw at Southeast Duels. Um, obviously, we always wrestle NC State and Missouri every year, but uh, not knowing who we're going to draw. And then actually 24 hours before uh, we get our schedule switched up, we're supposed to have Missouri and Wyoming day one and then Minnesota and South Dakota State day two. And then they switched it and we had Missouri and Minnesota back to back. So, But at the end of the day, you don't, you don't, you don't get to the top by – by hiding and, and uh, you know, ducking and dodging the best teams. You want to go wrestle those teams so you know exactly what you're, what you're getting yourself into and exactly what you're striving for at the end of the year. So moving forward now, I mean, you don't want to say that our, our schedule is any easier moving forward because you still have two top 25 teams this weekend. You got a top five team in uh, Virginia Tech on the schedule. So we still have tough duels down the stretch, but I think we're battle-tested, and it's not something that is going to be any different than what we've gone through already this season. So I'm excited for that. We'll see how we move forward and, and progress. At this level, everybody has a degree of talent. They have, you know, the things that they're good at, the things that they need to work on. But some of those things that they need to work on sometimes are between the ears. And wrestling is a big time mental sport. I mean, it it can chew you up and spit you out. And we've seen guys that started out strong that are that are hitting slumps. We've seen guys that started out slow that are starting to pick up the pace. What is the key from a coaching standpoint to get? every athlete kind of firing on all cylinders so you can head into the the postseason with a chance to win the MAC and a chance to place highly at the NCAA championships? I think it comes down to individuals and, and knowing some guys were more ready in the beginning of the year. Um, some guys, you know, were not. And now it's in our job as coaches uh, to get to get with these guys individually based on where they're at and get the most out of them and, and put them in position to to all start firing, firing on all cylinders. And we, we jumped right on that this week. We've been really busy in the film room and individuals and, and really putting guys in the position. Um, I just got out of an individual with, with Shane Jones and trying to get his rhythm back. He talks about his rhythm is off a little bit and just getting back to the basics and, and looking at what he was doing in the beginning of the year 
and how he can get back to those things and, and, and just feeling confident again. Because we know what he's capable of. He's wrestled top 10 guys to, to really close matches, and he's beaten a, a top 10 guy already. So we know it's there. It's just a matter of bringing the same product to the mat every time, regardless of opponent. Yeah, and speaking of Shane, as I was looking at, at the dual results and, and things, would, it seems like, yeah, he's a team captain, a guy that's had a great story, but it, it's almost like sometimes the heartbeat of a dual meet really hinges on his performance. It's like, and again, I don't want, I don't want to make it look like it, it's his. I'm not saying it's his. I'm just saying that it, it, it seems like this guy's the, the life and soul of the team in a dual meet kind of thing. It's yeah. like if Shane's on, yeah, no, the team it, it, is on. That's the kind of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you said, those guys are team captains, and when they go, we go. Um, so it's because our team looks to them for, because of the examples they set off the map and, and the work ethic they put in on the match. So um, when those guys are on, you know, we're, we're all on. I think I, w- I would definitely agree with that. Now, moving down to 125, Killing Cardinals had the opportunity to, to take the spot and run with it. was running with it great and has hit a bit of a slide. And what's it going to take for, for Killing to get back on, on, on course? I mean, he's got ranked wins. He's beaten some highly ranked guys this year. You know, clearly said, OK, yeah. you know, I've got the opportunity to wrestle here. I'm going to run with it. It's one of those things. Is is it you know he's got nobody in his rear view right now. He's the guy. So you know, yeah. how, how do you how do you get Killian to kind of say, look, this is yours, man. You don't need to you don't need to worry about it. You need to sit there and keep wrestling like yeah. you did in November. Yeah, and I think a little bit of of his performance early was because he had to look over his shoulder because he had to have a little bit of a chip on that shoulder, and um, you know because he, we weren't sure what we were doing with Mikhail, and so you know now that it is his, he solidified it and, and earned that that right. Um, you know, it's, it's, how do you put that chip back on your shoulder every time without having to look over? Um, so for him, that's where he's got to find that little bit of edge, that little bit of edge that he was competing with earlier. And I think he's going to be just fine. I think he's going to be just fine. And, and he's done, uh, he's done a great job, lost a couple matches in some, some situations where, you know, you don't expect, but you know, those things happen. And when you put yourself out there against some of the better teams in the country, you're going to hit some guys that maybe on paper you're better than, but you know they have a they have a uh, history of tradition of of winning and excellence, and, and sometimes those things happen. So um, he's put himself out there. He's wrestled a lot of good guys, and, and we know that he's going to be prepared at the end of the year. It's just about finding that edge again. Not going to focus a whole lot on on Shannon Hanna again, a, a true freshman, but had a really solid victory beating Carmen Ferrante, an NCAA qualifier a year ago from Penn. And and what what are your overall thoughts on on Hanna's performance this year? Uh, you know, level of improvement. You know, getting thrown in there as a true freshman. You know, he's he's had to be yeah. battle tested early. Yeah, he, he's been very battle tested. I think uh, for him, he, he can be any in any match. He can be in any match because of what he has. Um, I think that win over Ferrante was huge, and then you know against UVA, just hung in some ties that we he was aware of that that were coming. You know, and and didn't uh, just being young in the sport a little bit. He started wrestling late, like late in his freshman year or sophomore year, and so he's still learning wrestling. Um, so, but this year is big for him so that he understands that this is a whole different level, um, than in the state of Florida or even, you know, nationally in, in high school. So he just learned, he's just continuing to learn. And, and the more wrestling that he learns, the more times he puts himself in these positions, he learns so fast that I think it's all beneficial for him at the end of the day, um, this year. We have the peaks and valleys that are Sedarian Perry. I mean, that's one thing. He's a senior. He's been on the podium before. Granted, last year was his best statistical season. In terms of wins losses, he's got some good ranked wins this year, and then he's got some like what the heck's going on results here too. So, you know, I guess kind of explain Sedarian here in a nutshell. In a nutshell, just 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 getting discipline, just getting discipline. I think um, with school starting back and getting back in a routine is a big 
big deal for him. Um, and I think he knows he knows deep down the things that he needs to correct uh, in order to continue to have the, the, the success that he wants to have. Um, but at the end of the day, he's going to get those things figured out. That's our job as coaches um, to get him in a place where he's, he's disciplined and focused and really rolling when it matters most. And that's at the end of the year. Um, I think he's getting back where he needs to be um, already. And I think we know that that weekend was, you know, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but the last, he's been here for two years now, this is the second year. And he had some of those things last year and, and really all throughout his career, even at Eastern, he's had peaks and valleys. So it's kind of, what he is, but it's time to get him rolling for the end of the year now. And he really locks in when, when, the, sh- when the lights are on. There, There is also a turning point in the season where you know an athlete has a switch. And for me, I'm looking at that loss from Larry Early to Jarrett Jacuz, who he'd lost to in the MAC championships last year. But now looking at like, okay, since that win, he's beaten some very good wrestlers, including Anthony Artelona from Penn. He was the OW at the Virginia Duels. And was was the loss to Jacuz a light switch? Or was it like, all right, Larry, it's time, time, to, time to start moving and getting pushed it into a higher gear. Because sometimes Larry's had that, that, that head scratch and loss throughout the year, and then by the time March yeah. rolls around, he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I think you hit it on the head. I, I think it was a little bit of a wake-up, you know, like, hey. And then he didn't, you know, he didn't really wrestle well in the other matches at South Beach, just really letting guys be too close and not really controlling things like, like he's capable of. And I think that whole that whole event was a, was really a wake-up call for him that, hey, I got I to gotta start changing what I'm doing and, and really lock in. And uh, he knows how important this this next month and a half stretch is um, to getting him where he needs to be going into the end of the season. And he knows he can still compete for a national title, too. Now, at heavyweight, you did, did make the decision to pull the redshirt off Jacob Bullock. And then uh, Will Hilliard also saw some time at the Virginia Duels. Seen some flashes of some good things yeah. from Bullock. But, uh, you know, kind of what was the decision there in pulling a, a true freshman out there? He's, he's, still got, he's still green, but I was talking, watching some fans, and they were talking about him and his first couple of mats at the Virginia Duels are like, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, he definitely has that ability. And uh, again, you said it, Green. Green, he's got a lot of a lot of wrestling to learn, and the only way to learn that is, is I think trial trial through fire. And Will wasn't wrestling that great at the South Beach Duels. Kind of, you know, just lost that fire a little bit. Had some some things going on outside of his life, and and I think as you talk about with Killian having a chip on his shoulder, um, it's helped him. So far, from what we've seen these last two matches, and understanding, hey, wait a minute, you know, I, I could, I could be, I'm in a, I'm in a roster battle right now. I can't think about these things going on, going on outside my, outside of, you know, in my life outside of wrestling. I, I have to focus on what's right here in front of me, um, because I only have two years left, and and that time is going to be gone before I know it. So um, he's really stepped up, and, and he showed some differences, and and uh, they're in a battle. They're in a battle, and and it's good, a good problem to have, a good problem to have. But at the end of the day. Um, for Bullock, whatever happens, it's it's uh, it's going to help him later on down the line. It's going to help him later on down the line. He may not see it right now, but but he will when when it's his time. And let's just let's just talk about the one thing I I don't think I'd ever seen. I had to Google up the riding time between Kyle Dake and Frank Molinaro a couple of years ago to see what it was. <laughs> will Hilliard had six minutes and thirty seconds of riding time in his last win. Yeah. I have have you ever seen that much riding time in your life? Uh, that was a lot of riding time. I don't think I've ever seen that on the clock. And credit to him, that won us the duel. It won us the duel, and you know he could have let the guy up and done all this other stuff. But for him, it was just staying, staying good position, stay where, where you're good and where this guy's not good, and and just win the match. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of riding time, and he's good there. He's good there, and he needs to continue to focus there. And I think it's a, a wake up call for him on how he's going to win matches. 
I think the previous record I'd seen for Old Dominion wrestlers with riding time, I know Adam Wright had five minutes and 16 seconds of riding time against Jeff Faust of Missouri in the first round at the NCAAs, you know, probably a decade ago. And I, I remember it was like, 516, wow, you don't see that from ODU guys. Then boom, 630 <laughs> from Will Hilliard. So that was that was a couple of the things that, uh, that stood out to me at the, at the Virginia Duels. Now, coming up, big weekend at home at... Uh, I guess I can't say the Ted anymore, can I? The t- at Chartway Arena, yeah, hosting Chartway Lock Haven, Arena. which is uh, Mac East, their traditional power. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of ties to the area with some of the former wrestlers that uh, from the Granby era that went up and wrestled at Lock Haven. Hosting them on Friday at six thirty before coming on Ryder, which is back in the polls this week after winning the Virginia Duels. Uh, you know, John Hange always brings a, a solid squad there, at the, and you know, after taking over for Gary Taylor. But these are two teams. One's an old rival. Ryder's been on the schedule since the, the days of the old CAA. And then Lockhaven, you know, a lot of tradition there. Scott Moore's well coached uh, or coaching those guys up really well. And, you know, what are the thoughts, plans, and uh, aspirations, I guess, for this weekend's duels? Again, Friday at 6.30 at home. Sunday matinee at 1 o'clock against Ryder. Yeah, I think our we understand that um, really on paper we're not favored in either match. Um, so, um, But I think we expectation-wise we would expect to go 2-0. Um, and take it one match at a time. We know we know where Lockhaven's good. They're they're very good, very good on the mat. Um, and Ryder is uh has has some, a lot of big moves, <laughs> a lot of big moves. Has some guys that are very good on the mat as well. So, um, understanding where those guys are good and, and and where we need to be. Um, but yeah, on paper we're not we're not favored. So we're excited to see how these guys come out and respond and and going through these last you know these last eight matches with with some very high level competition. I think is only going to help us. Now, looking at the differences from competing at home versus competing on the road, this is a team that traditionally, since Steve Martin's been the coach, a home duel, you get a little bit better performance out of your athletes. And, of course, that is the home mat advantage, but there's also the comfort, your own wrestling room, your own apartment, your own dorm room, whatever it may be. So how important is it for the team to wrestle well at home to really set the stage for, again, like you said, the last eight duels of the year? Well, it's huge. It's huge. And and this is our first time being home all year, so that even makes it bigger um so yeah we we've been on the road all first semester it's it's good to just finally be at home and be in the comfort of our own homes as as coaches and as athletes so um it should make a big difference we'd like to think any promotional events that are centered around either friday or sunday's duel that we can make the fan base aware of yeah we've got a pre uh, pre-match social 60 minutes before each duel so it'll be at 5 30 and then it'll be at noon on uh on sunday so friday 60 minutes before Sunday, 60 minutes before, there'll be a pre-match social. There'll be a keg for the fans of age um, and then some soft drinks for, for others. Um, just a good little meeting gathering before the duel to kind of get excited and get ready and, and hopefully cheer us on the victory. When it comes to intangibles, closing out the year, as we go into the home stretch, the, there's nothing. No, no Next tournament you will guys will have will be the conference tournament. So that's the first weekend in March, two weeks after that, the NCAA championship. So preparation, I'm, I'm just curious on – you know, when you prep for March and you go into a format like a dual meet that isn't how we see things at the tournament, how do you best simulate what it's like coming off the scale or being able to to go match by match, opponent after opponent, to kind of build up the mentality like, okay, this is what we actually need to do to get better for March, for that first weekend of March to get people to the show. And then when you get them there, to get them on the podium. I'm, I'm always curious on the coaching mentality of, of dual meet preparation for tournament postseason. Uh, I think it's just getting the most out of yourself in each match and, and eliminating mistakes as you go. Um, if you're at seven points, you're trying to get a major um, scoring at the end of the period, all the little things, the little intangibles that, that 
add up to winning in March, and that's scoring at the end of periods, finishing the period on top, um, scoring on the edge, not getting scored on on the edge, um, and controlling the center of the mat, those type of things as well. Those are the little things that matter in March um, where you don't want to lose matches off of things that are within your control. So I think those are the things you look for in dual meets, um, keeping the ref off you, not letting the ref take a match away from you, um, keeping them really out of the match as much as you possibly can. And like I said, hustling and scoring those points um, to get bonus points. Bonus points are gigantic in dual meets um, and really in tournaments too when, you, when you're trying to compete for the MAC titles and, and finish as high as you can at the NCAA tournament as a team. What about from your perspective as an athlete? What was the difference that that you bring? Because you you're not that far removed from college wrestling, and, and you wrestled in a very yeah. tough conference, so you had the opportunity to go through a, a meat grinder and and heading into the probably the biggest conference meat grinder there is in the Big Ten. So, from your experiences, yeah. what did you learn that helps you as a coach in that respect? Um, I think just not getting too high, not getting too low, staying even kill right in the middle because you know every in the Big Ten and even now our conference is getting a lot tougher, but in the Big Ten, you're hitting ranked guys every single time out, and um, it's really you have to stay even kill. You can't get too high when you get a big win um, because then you got another guy sneaking up on your heels, you know, on Sunday. Um, so I think staying right in the middle, um, just competing, staying within yourself, and, and, and trying to instill your style on, on each and every guy and um, just going back and taking care of your body and, and really eliminating distractions um, is the biggest thing. Coach Thomas, any final words as we wrap up Episode 70 of the Old Dominion Monarch MacCast? No, I think that's it. Um, looking forward to the back half of our schedule and, and really kind of uh, really showing who we are as a team. We know we know our record doesn't really reflect how good we think we are, um, and, and hopefully we get a glimpse of that this weekend. show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.